Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Table Flip, episode 10, the big one zero. We have made it to 10 episodes. Thank you so much for supporting us throughout these entire 10 awful shows. We know they've been so good and so amazing. And Nate is joining me as well as Jonathan and Matthew. Just to kind of reiterate, uh, Matthew is the uh, North American national champion. Uh, he, we, he was on our show a couple weeks ago. And Jonathan is his kind of meta buddy, so we're happy to have them on the show. Uh, let's start off with how uh, the weeks have been. Uh, Nate, how's your week been? My week's been great. I lost in the finals of the Octagon Tournament, and then I went golfing on Sunday and got sunburned. Nice. That's cool. That's cool. So I, I drowned my misery in <laughs> chasing golf balls, apparently. Well, hey, you want to know what? At least you got some exercise and you got to go outside. So going outside is important. Lots of vitamin C or D, whatever the sun gives you. Anyway, uh, Matthew, how's your week been? Oh, it's been pretty good. That's good. What'd Nothing you... too exciting. Nothing too exciting? Or... Nothing too exciting? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Uh, Jonathan, how about, how about yourself? How's your week been? Same here. Just excited to watch a bunch of football today. Yeah, so, football! Sports are for nerds. <sighs> no. Well, you know what? Speaking of football, you guys do fa- uh, fantasy football, correct? Correct. That's right. Awesome. Yes. Okay, well, apparently Nate does too, so I guess I'm the only one that doesn't do fantasy football. You are a nerd. <laughs> I am a true nerd. It's true. It's very true. How's that going for you guys? You guys doing pretty well at that? Yeah, so far. That's good. I am undefeated for all of my teams so far. Huh? But I think I'm going to lose this week because three of my guys got injured. Oh, no. <laughs> yep, you're screwed. I-, I know enough about fantasy football to know that if they get injured, you're pretty much screwed. So that's, that's all I know. I don't. Anyway, let's let's get you on to card talk. So, topics this week are going to be. Uh, we've rehearsed this. Can you tell? The topics you're going to be this week are um, really kind of uh, some pretty pretty simple topics. Uh, nothing too, um, I guess, in depth. But uh, we're going to talk about some uh, some decks that we've been kind of testing over the last couple weeks um, with some of the new force packs that have come out. As well, we're going to kind of talk about the uh, new force cycle, which I'm super excited for. So let's jump right into the decks. Um, the main reason for having Matthew and Jonathan on the show is because obviously they're from a uh, different meta than me or Nate has. So it's really interesting to get kind of other people's opinions on what certain decks are different and um, how you guys kind of go about thinking. So um, Jonathan, I guess I'll kind of open up, open up the floor to you. And what has been some of your decks that you've found that has worked? And ones that are just kind of some some interesting, uh, I guess, statistics and, like, data on some of the new objective sets that have come out. Yeah. Well, at a, at World, or at, I guess it's Nationals, or at Gen Con, we'll say. Um, at Gen Con, there were a couple of decks that kind of caught Matt and I somewhat by surprise, um, one of which was a trooper-based deck. And that's something that we haven't really tested uh, out much and it's something that I wanted to to try out and see if I could see see what it was doing and see if I could improve it at all. And when the uh, the new or the I guess the fifth pack of the Force Cycle came out, the five of first troopers, mm-hmm. I looked at that and I kind of really wanted to to see if I could work those into a deck. So originally I was trying to add those straight to a Sith control deck with Vader and Palpatine and all that. And I wasn't having too much luck with it because um, if you're running Vader and Palpatine, if you're then you add the uh, the troopers, 
you kind of uh, don't have a whole lot of resources then. And for the power of the Sith deck is being able to run um, Mahdi's pod and then the Council of the Sith pod to have enough resources to power out all of your expensive units. So that wasn't working for me all that well. Um, so I decided that I would put it into the straight trooper build and kind of just try to uh, swarm tactics with that and uh, found that it was we were getting some pretty good uh, results with it. So the deck that I was playing with was uh, two of the 501st pod, two of the General Veers pod, um, a Wampa, a... Uh, what are those free troopers called? Oh, the, the, uh, the uh, Espo Trooper. Yeah, the Espo Troopers. Uh, what else did I put in there? Um, the Oh, the two of the bumpers and then uh, two Mahdi's. So I put those together, and uh, you have a lot of units that you can play really cheap, um, which was kind of the, the goal of the deck. And um, the reason I put the Trompers in there is the, the two 501st pods and the two Veers pods are both Hoth objectives that uh, only work while they're undamaged. And typically, your opponent is going to try to damage those as quickly as possible. So it makes your Desolation a Hoth card in the Tromper pod infinitely better, since you will always be able to use it. So there's a lot of kind of interlocking pieces to the deck that I think work really well, even though there's not you know a big Vader or Palpatine or anything like that to rely on. Right, right. Okay. Um, how was the, uh, the objective damage in that set? Because I know right now, like... The way the rule set in tournaments is kind of set is you have to destroy objectives to win tiebreakers, even as dark side. So unfortunately, before the tournament rules came out, you know, as a dark side player, you could just sit back with your hands kind of, uh, you know, just kind of folded across your your head and just kind of lean back in your chair and just kind of say, "Well, you know what? I'm uh, I'm pretty safe here. I'm going to put out units and just defend 24 seven." But now we kind of have to have that, okay, I need to kill th- this many objectives to win possible tiebreakers, and I need, need to get that dial-up, which obviously killing objectives helps get that dial-up. So what has been the verdict on the objective damage? Yeah, th- this deck is definitely uh, slower than some of the other dark side builds that are out there right now. Um, there's not a ton of objective damage. If, you're, if you do end up going up against another deck that's running Hoth, ob- Hoth objectives, your first troopers end up doing being able to deal a lot of damage, which mm-hmm. makes uh, things work out a lot easier for you. Um, but otherwise, you're you're somewhat reliant on getting your um, your orbital bombardment and or your uh, e web repeating blaster out because those go a long way in helping you deal some objective damage. Okay. But on the flip side, uh, Desolation of Hoth is also able to deal damage to other Hoth objectives. Um, or, I think... No, you can move it onto any objective, yeah. I think. Yeah, so that's actually really good, too, for being able to um, kind of speed up and kill kill objectives. Okay. But it's definitely slower you than... You can only put ones. it on a Hoth objective. You can only put it on a Hoth objective? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I think one of the, the things that makes a deck really good is just the interactions with the killing cold, uh, being able to sack your units... And the fact that you're playing a lot of cheap and or free units, 
you can keep your Vader's Fist and the General's Imperative. Uh, you can keep the damage off by sacking units to Killing Cold. It, it's just a very annoying deck to, to try to kill its objectives as the light side because your hand size is going to be limited. The dark side is going to have a bigger hand size. And uh, every time you're putting damage on, you've got to worry about either Desolation of Hoth or uh, sacrificing units to, to keep your hand locked down. Right. Also, there's a lot of Battle of Hoths, so that helps keep your objectives um, mm-hmm. undamaged as well. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of healing. The, um, the, the deck is, is really good if you're facing like a speeder deck or some sort of Hoth variation. One thing I did find the weakness of it is if we had prep for evac out, uh, you just kind of be like, well, crap. And you kind of have to really go for that one first because if you didn't, your opponent can blow up multiple objectives and just kind of start bouncing stuff back to your hand, which really sucks. Um, Another thing I found that, uh, well, like you mentioned, the 501st Trooper, if there's no Hoth objectives at play, he's kind of a subpar, just pretty much a quad security team. Um, unit, but he requires a Sith affiliation to be paid for, which is kind of a kind of not a good thing. Um, you generally want to say the Sith, Sith affiliation's resources to be paid for, like Vader or some other big unit. Um, but the deck is really fun to play. I think um, it, it's kind of got that swarm tactic to it. A lot of really good small units, like Matthew was saying, to to play really quick. You got the free Wampas, which is almost a guaranteed free Wampa, which is really really nice. Um, yeah, right yeah, now but, the um, I, sh- I guess I should say the uh, the deck run- uh, starts with the navy affiliation uh, because there's only I think seven cards that need the Sith. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is three, six, uh, seven, eight. There's eight cards that you want to play that require the Sith affiliation: um, Desolation Hoth, the two five of first troopers, and the uh, the five of first legion. Right. Right. Um, but it's more important for you to get out the navy resource uh, generating or resource accelerating cards like the duty officer and the Mahdi. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, the I mean it's supposed to be a defensive deck. You're you're going to you're really playing the long game because if you keep if you're able to keep your um, your five oh first objective and your Veer's objective active you're going to win the card advantage battle. Mm-hmm. And if you win the card advantage battle, you're going to win the game. Yeah. So it's, it's meant to play pretty defensively. That being said, one of the, as with a lot of dark side decks and a lot of weenie decks, um, it is susceptible to Han. Yeah. Um, and so whenever Han comes out, it's, you know, imperative that you get him dead or focused out as quickly as possible. Yeah. No, I would, yeah. I would definitely agree. Um, Nate, I know that you had a different variation of this deck when, when, they, when they first uh, emailed it to us. Um, what is your variation? Um, I think the only thing I did is I, I don't remember what I took out. You, but I you, you took out um, Ice Tromper for Vader. Yeah, I, took, I switched out Ice Trompers for Vader's objective set, um, mainly because I really hate the Ice Tromper <laughs> whole objective set. I think it's terrible personally um i don't like the sacrifice to remove damage from stuff things um, ah that's what makes with like run but with, ex- with executor coming out though i have a crazy deck plan yeah we oh yeah at some other time um but i just i i don't think that killing cold is worth it especially because it's like 
it slows the deck down. You know, you're trying to swarm out a lot of units, but then you're sacrificing them to the killing cold. So it's like you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. But it it works. I like the Desolation of Hoth um, event card, but the rest of it just... I've never been a fan of that objective set. My 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 all, my biggest problem with them is if you're facing a vehicle deck, they're pretty much useless because it only affects characters. So you can't sacrifice them and deal damage and remove it from the engagement if it's not a character. So if you're facing like um, your guys' uh, I guess people are ca- calling it the uh, the Colt Rebels. Uh, I guess that's the, uh, the the deck name that they gave your guys' deck. I'm not sure if you guys know that or not. But what um, what is it? Okay. <laughs> they're calling it the uh, the coal th- uh, the coal. However you say your last name, rebels. Coals. Uh, yep. Coals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I thought you were saying Colt rebels. I didn't know what the hell that meant. No, 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 no. I got gotcha. Yeah. Apparently, someone named your deck for you. So. <laughs> well, it's very imaginative too. I know, right? But um, so that's my problem with ice trompers. I I actually prefer uh, Nate's version a little bit better, mainly because of the force chokes. I think that the Force Choke really just kind of seals the deal for the, the whole Dark Side deck. And plus, Vader gives you that really good added objective damage bonus, plus his lightsaber. And I think his objective set as a whole is just, I think, better. But then I can also agree with uh, Jonathan and Matthew here on, on just kind of having the a full Hoth set, and minus the, the Monty, of course, is, is also really good. Because if you come up uh, uh, against a deck like the Super Best Friends, which is... Uh, Falcon, Han, Luke, Chewie, Guardians, and that's yeah, that, that, that's five. Um, then you can you know force uh, you can use the Ice Trompers to sacrifice and start getting that damage out. But um, yeah, and I guess part of the the vision for this deck was trying to branch out from the you know generic mm-hmm. Sith decks that we've been playing. Um, and so I wa- I specifically wanted to not run. Um, Palpatine Invader to see where that would take us and see yeah. if that would open up any sort of um, deck building options. That being said, I am very excited to try to work the Executor into this deck and see where that goes. Because if you know Executor plus Killing Cold plus your you know Espo Troopers, mm-hmm. so is I'm, real, I'm, is I'm gonna be really fun. Out, I'm gonna throw this out there now. Looking for droids is gonna be the best objective set in the game. With <laughs> Yeah, because you can play the droids from right. the discard pile. Yeah, so you can keep recurring them. Yeah, and then when you don't get your executor out because it costs eight, you just get wiped yeah, down because you have a bunch of crap cards in your hand. Yeah, it's like I want to play. The droid is good. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's funny because that's one of the few neutral sets of the of the, of the core set that actually has some pretty decent cards in it. I mean, the droids themselves. Yeah, I've actually really wanted to run the looking for droids pod in long, for a while. The the it's worse and the um, uh, the droids themselves, I think, are are fairly good. Yeah, it's just it's just that it the it's too hard if you don't have some you know, really bored affecting units to play. Yeah. No, no, I, I agree. I agree. So, um, Matt, uh, what has been your kind of uh, focus. Have you been focusing more on the dark side, or have you been focusing on the light side, or have you guys just kind of traded off um, deck and deck and just kind of gone um, kind of duo there? Um, I've I've got new decks for both sides, but I I guess I've been focusing a little bit more on the dark side because I liked a couple of the 
mods that came out in the fifth pack, the, the Vader's Fist that we've already talked about, mm-hmm. and then the the Unstoppable Advance, yes. the the Adat uh, pod that's been that's been pretty decent too. So, folks, a little bit more on the dark side probably uh, than than the light side, but. Um, I've I've got you know the trooper deck that John mentioned. I've got a variation on that that's pretty similar. Uh, and then I've got a Walker deck where I've been trying uh, Vader and the Emperor and and Walkers. So it's a a bunch of expensive units and a bunch of resources basically. So 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 we have a rule on this show. You can't say at it. <laughs> Because <laughs> Nick has a a, a freaking stroke, it's funny as heck. I did that last. It's incorrect. <laughs> uh, he's... All right. Well then, okay. <laughs> All right. What do you call like, do what What do you call the the bounty hunter uh, that's friends with Zuckus? Which one? Forlom. Yeah. See, you don't call him Four L O M, do you? Yeah, but that's his <laughs> so it's, name. So it's Adat. Yes, but but that's his name. He's a droid. He has a name. ATATs are an abbreviation <laughs> or an extended name. <laughs> All right. I'm OCD about it. You are such I'm, a nerd. Dude. I am. Oh my I gosh. To, Wait, what is it short for? Well, all terrain something. All terrain right? assault transport. Yeah, all terrain assault transport. Yep. Yep. That's what it is. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. then. so like you know <laughs> whatever i played the walkers and they cost four so i need resources in book five paragraph c they're called this yeah it's, it's book six <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> anyway completely off topic uh you were, you were talking about the at sure so the ATATs, you get uh two of them in the pod so you can you have four in your deck so i've got two of that pod uh, one deploy the fleet which is the uh, the the other um, imperial set with uh, star destroyers, and then one imperial blockade, which get, also gives you two star destroyers, mm-hmm. and then the uh, the kind of Sith core Palpatine Vader and the Council of the Sith. Okay, so and and so you you've got a lot of expensive units. So if you don't get resources early, you can you can definitely be screwed, but when it works, it uh, spits out a lot of nasty stuff and can destroy objectives very easily, can control the board a little bit, and it's just got a lot of a lot of nastiness to it when it goes off. So, well, yeah, one thing that's very unfair with the uh, with that Sith deck is the Imperial Blockade with the Sith Core, mm-hmm. because it really limits what they can play on their first turn, and if you can get prevent them from damaging it, you basically win the game after that. Um, really? So working the Imperial Blockade in with the Sith Core is, is something that uh, I think is going to be really good going forward. Well, yeah, that's the set that uh, the first unit the, your opponent plays is costs at one extra, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah, that man. Whenever I play that, you just kind of look at your opponent and he just kind of goes, "Oh, well, that's not fair because now I can't play anything." Like, oh yeah, I could play Luke, but now I can't play Luke. Or, oh well, there's my turn one Han completely out of the out of the question. So yeah, I had I had somebody uh, flip over that and uh, Lord Vader's command. Ooh. I couldn't play anything. Oh gosh, I'm so yeah, it sorry. Was, it was rough. It was rough. Fortunately, he didn't take the force back, so I was able to slowly 
stop him from locking me down like that. Oh, that's so. good. That's good. Jeez, that would. But turn one was was not a good turn. I think <laughs> I had to pay five for a Han or something <sighs> stupid like that. That's that's terrible. Yeah. That's yeah. Just... Those those two, the objectives themselves are amazing. Yeah. Okay, so your your uh, deck suffers from kind of a slow start then, or is it just more of I got to draw these cards for it to be effective? Yeah, it just depends on. It's really dependent on the first turn opening draw. Like if you don't get Ugh. any resources, you can be you, you can be kind of screwed. You know, if you, if you drop a hand of well, here's a six cost star destroyer and an emperor and a walker and you know no two cost guys and not enough resources, you, you get in trouble. But if you get a resource and you can drop a walker or a couple of of little guys mm-hmm. and then build your resources over a turn or two then you can start to play a good number of things. And, and if you get Imperial Black early, like John said, it slows them down too. Oh, yeah. So so it, it works out. But I, I don't think it's going to be a long-term good deck because it is, uh, it, it is so cost-heavy and it's a pretty risky right. play at a tournament because if you do get screwed and they have a nice opening turn, they, they can really uh, roll you pretty quick. So... Uh, it's a just a deck to to try out walkers with Sith, and it's decent, but yeah, uh, I don't think it's going to be great. Okay, um, so ha- have you guys kind of found that you're probably going to go back to your 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 at least close close enough to your your original Sith core deck for worlds because they're well. Actually, you know, that's a good question because we don't know if Battle of Hoth is going to be legal or Battle of Hoth, um, Balance of the Force is going to be legal or if we're going to have the new Force cycle yet by then. So I guess that kind of... Well, we won't have the new Force cycle, I don't think. Yeah. But I think that they are planning on having um, the Balance of the Force set coming out for that. Does that worry you or are you guys just not going to really... But like... If that does get released and it is legal, will you guys try different decks with it if, if it's worth it? Or will you guys just stick to it? We'll definitely try it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I believe for the two-player, you know, our typical format, it's only six objectives and they're all limit one. Okay. So it, it's not like you're going to have to test like a, like Edge of Darkness, like you're getting that right, big amount right. of pods. It, okay. For the normal game, it, it's almost like getting just a force pack, you know? Okay. That is a very good point. Actually. Plus, I think that they're all kind of focused on the multiplayer aspect. So while they might be okay in single player, I don't think that they're going to be optimal. So like a suboptimal pod in single player is most likely not going to have much of an effect on current decks, I would think. Hmm. So I'm not too worried about it. Interesting way to look at it. Now, now watch some new objective set comes out and everyone's like, well, that's an auto-include. Yeah, I'm sure something like that will happen. But. <laughs> Fantasy's like, nah, yeah. we're going to troll you guys. Good luck in Worlds, bye. Yeah. Now that I'm heard on the podcast saying that, of course it's <laughs> yeah. Ah, right. well, that happens. Right. Okay, so on, on, to, on to the light side. Um, have you guys found... Oh, yes, go ahead. Uh, real, real quick, uh, to answer your question about whether we're looking to go back to the, the core Sith with yes. basically what we ran at Nationals, um, right now I think that that's probably still the the best dark side deck that that we've played. Um, that being said, you know the the Escape from Hoth pack just came out, and I think the Executor is going to have a big impact on a lot of decks. Um, we just played a, a kind of a early test game today with a Executor in it, and I think 
uh, to that to that deck with having Executor with Palpatine and Vader uh, all together. I think that that might be a, a a rich vein to tap in deck building going forward. So, so I wouldn't be surprised if something like that uh, eclipses the targeted deck that we ran before. So do you think we're going to start seeing more decks with a bunch of one uh, objective sets instead of the, the double up? Because we're seeing a lot of Sith objective sets come with cards that have two events instead of one. Uh, we had the, uh, what's it called, uh, Ghosts. Is something Ghost and the Sister, or I can't remember the name of the objective set. The one with um, uh, the Force Shock Force Wraiths. Force Wraiths, yeah. Force Wraiths, Force Shockwave. Um, it came with uh, two uh, Dark Memories, was it, I think? Yeah, Dark Memories and then the Force Shockwave and whatnot. And um, we're seeing a lot of the uh, the Jedi objective sets uh, come with you know two support enhancements, two support events, that kind of stuff. Do you think we're going to see that um, with this new cycle, or... Do you think we're going to see a lot of still, still a lot of, see a lot of doubles? Um, I like to run doubles as many as often as possible, just to increase consistency. Mm-hmm. And if it's something that you know, the reason I think the Force Wraith pod isn't run in, in duplicate is because the the Dark Memories can only go on characters, yeah. and it has one Force icon. And if you you know, it's only useful in each kind of uh, use, and so stuff that ha- is really limited like that, I think you're only going to really want r- want to run one pod of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, if you look at something like the the Grandma pod, uh, the Guardians of the Peace pod, um, they you know that has duplicates in it, but those cards are useful in pretty much every scenario. So you always run double of those. Um, it's just I think it really comes down to what cards are in there and what sort of broad applications they have. Okay, cool. All right, so uh, on the light side here, um, what have you guys found that is any different from the light side deck that you guys were running beforehand, which is your kind of super all-in uh, vehicle deck, which just hammers people's faces if, if they don't deal with it right? Uh, Matthew, have you found any cool little variations to it, or is it still pretty much the the same same kind of light side deck for you? I think the light side is still kind of a, a two-horse race right now, where you're either running uh, Chewbacca protecting really good characters like Han and Luke, some some sort of either all-smugglers or smuggler-Jedi character-based deck with, with the Falcon, mm-hmm. and then the other side is uh, more vehicle-intensive, like uh, like the one that we ran at Gen Con or some sort of sleuth variation on it. Um, the, the third one that's also a vehicle deck but is a, is a little different that just popped up is the speed deck. Uh, and that deck uh, can perform really well um, and can also get totally shut down. So I think there's too much volatility in the result of beater deck right now that I still think you're better off going with one of those two and the the two main decks are still it's still a meta choice I think yeah whether, which one you want to play you know they're both really good it's just do you do, do you fear one thing or or another and then that's that's what you make your decision on so um, we'll see if the if the last pack and balance of the force uh, shake it up but I, I would think, 
for worlds, you're going to run one of those two style decks for the light side. No, I, I would definitely agree. I mean, the the whole meta call is okay. Do you, do you fear the Hoth deck from the dark side, which 99% of the top players are not going to be running? But then again, we could be wrong, and we could see some crazy, weird-looking for droid tricolor deck that just completely obliterates everybody. We, you don't know. I mean, right. it's worlds. It's er- you know who's going to be running it? Not me. Yeah, I was about to say, definitely not you. you, you no. Definitely not me. No. It'd probably be some guy from Spain that's like, so, yeah, I win. <laughs> but, um, so, the whole meta call, I think, is definitely a very, very good point. Um, Jonathan, uh, what about yourself? What have you found for the light side deck? Um, I, I mostly agree with Matt as far as which decks are are the most competitive. Um, that being said, the the speeder deck that we've been that pretty much builds itself. Uh, it's you know the the rogue leader, uh, rogue three, um, vehicle protectors, neutral sp- uh, speeder tanks, mm-hmm. and then you know a fifth pod of your choosing. Um, I think that is probably my favorite kind of casual deck or fun deck to play. Mm-hmm. It can, you know, have some really explosive turns, really explosive starts, and actually just kind of roll over its opponent depending on whether attack pattern delta hits. Right. Um, but if it doesn't hit, then it can have, you know, kind of play from behind the whole time. So uh, that deck is one that I think is fun to play around with and is something to investigate further. But right now, I think. Stick firmly in the casual, you know, sphere. Okay. Um, but I do really like uh, one thing I've, I think, is on a one of my predictions for the way that the meta is going, is I think the Akbar pod, with the um, X-wing escorts and the heroic sacrifice, yeah. are gonna be are gonna become much more useful, uh, because the AT-ATs that are out, um, those are susceptible to heroic sacrifice. And then if you're going up against a Sith deck that might be running Executor coming up, um, the X-Wing Escort is going to be really useful against that right. because they likely are running Executor and nothing, no other vehicles. Mm-hmm. So I think that Akbar in a speeder pod like that um, works pretty well because you also get four more vehicles from uh, that attack pattern Delta can hit mm-hmm. in the Akbar pod. Okay. So I think that's pretty useful, yeah. and I'm looking forward to trying out the um, the new pilot Luke. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he right looks now awesome. my um, the 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 newest light side deck that I'm looking at that we just put together and test started testing today is the um, using pilot Luke Rogue Three uh, Red Two Home One and. Uh, Red Five. That's exactly the deck that I thought of. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure everyone I, has. I think that's gonna be a, a pretty good deck because if you can get basically what limited Rogue Three for so long is only an astromech droid and a wedge would interact with his enhancement text. Yeah. But now that you have you know Luke that you can put on him makes it makes the whole kind of deck mesh a little bit better. And I think that might have some some nice legs behind it. Which, by the way, once Rogue Three's dead, Luke comes out as a unit with all of his icons. It's like, ha, oh, that's cool. So you're yeah, that's gonna be crazy. It's just gonna be nuts. Today I played Matt uh, in a game when I where I played Rogue Three with um, a Luke on him first turn, mm-hmm. and um, basically won 
game <laughs> right there. So, it, yeah, I think that can be pretty pretty nasty. Very awesome. Uh, Nate, what about yourself? Have you found any cool different variations of the light side? I'm not sure if you have the new uh, Force Pack or yet. I don't. Our store got it in t- not today, yesterday, mm-hmm. and I haven't had a chance to stop and pick it up. But uh, the the light side deck with Luke and and the X wings and stuff. That's kind of what I was thinking of messing with. Um, I was trying to figure out some way to make Han work, but the only thing I really ever wanted to search for that was a Rebel card was Rebel Assault. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to search for a Rebel Assault. So, yeah, it it's kind of like the same three light side decks that everybody's talking about seems to be where everybody's at right now. Yeah, you know, and that actually kind of brings up a, a really good kind of... Um discussion point here is i really think that the cycle of hoth really just just really felt gimmicky um there wasn't a lot of really meta defining objective sets i mean if if we look at i think like the first what the first one the first objective the first forest pack came with echo caverns which was just ridiculous uh, right that, that was the first one right that was echo caverns or was that the second one that, that sounds right i can't remember okay. Um, so that one, I think, was really – was one of the ones that kind it of – It was the second thank one. Thank you. The first one came with uh, Hoth Operations yes. and um, the Message from Beyond. Okay, okay. So so the first two, I think, really kind of were the the more meta-defining objective sets. And then after that, I, I really feel that a lot of these sets were just kind of there to kind of help bolster the already – meta decks that were already being used which was kind of depressing i mean the whole hoth theme was really cool but no one ever used it because there was just such the, the course that was just so much better so i'm 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 really hoping this next force cycle really allows some more deck diversity which just judging from the cards that we've seen holy crap jedi are going to be awesome and i cannot tell you how excited i am but um, what, what are your guys' thoughts on, on the overall Hoth, uh, Hoth cycle? Um, Matt, we'll start with you. I, I kind of agree on a general level with your comments about it being a little bit, I don't know if gimmicky is the word I would use. Uh, I guess doesn't really have a, a huge impact on the meta where you're seeing uh, you know one or two objective sets slip in, but... If you just completely ignored the Hoth cycle, I think you could make some really good decks with just the core set in Edge of Darkness, which was likely designed in parallel yeah. core set and Hoth, you know, designed afterward. Um, so I, I think you can you can ignore most Hoth deck, but then there's things like the Caverns and, and like uh, Rogue 3, which I think is only going to get stronger more to come out. So I think things will, will get uh, better going forward but um right now the card pool is is somewhat small that you could just play core set and uh and edge of darkness and probably be fine Mm -hmm. uh nate what about you yeah I, I, i kind of agree i think too the thing that that we need to realize is that you know i think fantasy flight's vision of the game when it when it first released was you know like you guys are saying that you can play with you know, two core sets, two Edge of Darkness. And the first cycle of Force Packs were kind of, not necessarily optional, but additions to the two main releases for the year. Yeah, I think down the road we're going to see people 
picking and choosing one or two objective sets out of this four cycle that are key components of future decks. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the Hoth theme seemed, for the most part, to be more of a, you know, hey, we gave you speeders, and some of those other objective sets have the Hoth subtype, but they're going to fit in somewhere else down the road. So I'm, I'm interested to see what comes out next year and whether or not it builds on what we have or if they keep everything kind of segmented out into, you know, each four cycle basically only plays well with itself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hope they make the game as a whole play well together and it's like, oh, you want to go back to the first stuff that came out yeah. and use that to make new decks. If they do that, I think they'll they'll make a very strong card pool that people are going to invest in. Yeah, c- c- kind of like kind of like make like uh, what what Pokemon did. It's kind of a weird example, but a lot of the cards um, that are you know three or four years old that are still allowed in the card rotation still make it into a lot of the top tier decks, um, which is really really cool. Like we have the switchers and the catchers and that kind of stuff still still in the card pool, which is uh, kind of a testament to a very well-balanced and well-diversified uh, card pool. Uh, Jonathan, what are your thoughts? Um, I think that uh, a good example of where the Haas cycle is going to have some legs in the future is looking at something like the the vehicle protectors or the Renegade Squadron mobilization, something that had the Hoth subtype mm-hmm. and can go in Hoth you know, decks well, but also has some more far-reaching uh, effects. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can see running the the Y-wing protectors and vehicles way down the line, just because yeah. they're very similar to the grandma uh, or the guardian of the peace. We call them grandmas. That's <laughs> um, true. The guardian of the pe- the guardian of the peace that you know goes in most character-based decks. You know, it's just always going to be. Um, more you know useful or or whatever down the line and something like the renegade squadron um you know big units that have splashy presences on the board are always going to be useful mm-hmm. um and that, that even comes with echo cavern so it's like if you take some of the pods in isolation they have some good in them that will be right. useful down the line even outside of centric decks okay no, I, and I also think that the uh, the on pod is actually probably gonna have some good uses. I don't think it has many good uses right now, but the fact that it has a, a free resource that's not limited, and um, you know, two or three, uh, actually one, one or two good units that you know you'll, I think that might become a core part of deck building down the line. No, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, the uh, the way that the new Rebel Han works, I think will will really allow certain rebel decks to kind of use that card search to their advantage. I mean, we don't have a lot of sacrifice uh, cards right now, so that really isn't very useful at the moment. But I think down the line, um, like Nate said, if Fantasy Flight can really balance the game really, really well, which they're very capable of doing, we've seen it before, I think that we're going to see some really cool cool deck diversity. So, Which brings us into the next topic, which is the new Force Cycle. I, so before yes. we start talking about the cards mm-hmm. in this four cycle, I just want to um, express my deep and complete loathing oh, no. for the new packaging. Oh, uh, why? I hate it. 
I hate blister packs. Okay. They are basically like death incarnate trying to open. <laughs> Is that why everyone's so upset about them? Oh, I hate blister packs. They're impossible to open. It's like adult proof packaging. <laughs> so why, why did they change the packaging? It's just to save money. Yeah, I think it I think it costs them less to produce the packs like that, which is fine because you know, if that allows them to put out a higher quality product without having to increase their prices, I'm fine with it. I hate it though, cuz I I don't like to have to go find a pair of scissors to open something. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't care. We get Kyle Katarn. and I'm 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 as happy as a butterfly on on Cocoon Day. It doesn't make any sense, but it made sense in my head. <laughs> um, <laughs> excuse me. So my, my only comment on that, um, for those people who don't know, I'm an engineer and I, I sometimes work with packaging. Uh, the pack, the, the, I think that the reason they're going with the blister packs is because it, it can all be packaged uh, automatically. Like there's no, it's all automation. There's no need for uh, manual labor with it. Whereas on the, uh, cardboard packs, um, you notice that there's that tamper evidence sticker on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's most likely hand applied, which increases costs of packaging quite a bit. Um, so I think that's most likely the reason why. Uh, that being said, I, I don't care one way or another about how the cards get to me as long as they get to me. I, yeah. you know, they could send them to me in a bucket and yeah. I'd be fine. Do a Star Wars bucket? So. I'm all over that. Fantasy Flight, hey, get on that. As long as the bucket's easy to open, <laughs> I'm okay. Oh, man. So, the new Force Cycle, which is called Heroes and Legends. Or, excuse me. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what it's called, right? That's The Heroes and Legends is the new... Oh, yeah, uh, no, right. I'm sorry. No, the, the new Force Cycle called, is the... the Force, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Echoes of the Force, the new Force Pack is called Heroes and Legends. Which has a very prominent Kyle Katarn with his lightsaber on there. Which I'm actually confused because on the box he has a yellow lightsaber and he looks a little bit different. And then on his card he kind of has like a greenish lightsaber and he doesn't look like the picture. Well, I actually did some research on Wikipedia because I had never heard of Kyle Katarn what? before. Oh. And apparently, Apparently he had uh, he went through three different lightsabers of different colors. So that's why. Yeah, but but yellow is is, is like his his most famous color. So whatever. it's just a little. Kagatarn's one of my favorite Jedi of. And uh, here you were calling me a nerd. Hey, you want to know what? Oh. He's he's one of my favorite uh, characters in the uh, extended universe. That's fine. You can like the bad characters. Hey, Kyle Katarn, shut up. We will discuss this later. <laughs> hey, so the cards that were spoiled were. Really good. Um, let's let's just kind of go down the line. Let's start with Force Storm. Um, uh, pretty much, uh, pretty much another card that is um, just a really good event card. But it's a four cost uh, card, which is a little pricey for an event card. You can only play it during the Balance of the Force. Uh, is it uh, is the dark side? So if the Balance of the Force is on the light side, can't play it. But you can play it during your opponent's turn if the Balance of the Force is with you. And deal two damage to each unit that is not committed to the force, which is huge. That, that goes along with the uh, force shockwave, which is uh, another another really good card. So this kind of gives more AOE damage to the Sith that they didn't already have, which I which I think is really good. Um, do you guys have any particular thoughts on this card? I just want to note that I saw that a lot of people on the forums were kind of up in arms about Force Storm, saying that you know it's given the Sith too much power and so on and so forth. 
also note that they already have a board wiper in the um, I forget what the name of the card is called. Heart of the Empire. It, it's in Heart of the Empire, yeah. But um, uh, the whatever that card is, um, the uh, a disruption in the Force, I think it's called, or a disturbance in the Force. No, it's, is it? I, I don't think it's disturbance in the Force. Are you talking about? Is it? Are you talking about the one that sends all the cards to the bottom of each player's deck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a disturbance in the is Force. That disturbance in the Force. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, you, Sith already has a board wiper, and you know people don't. It's actually uh, don't complain there is about no it. escape. Oh, okay. There is no escape. That's it. You guys are there's completely just, wrong. The force is, <laughs> is different. I knew it was not that, but um, there's no escape. It, you know, it, it's already a board wiper for Sith, but people don't um, complain about it because it's not in, you know, the best pod or whatever. Um, as long as Force for Storm isn't in, you know, an auto include pod, I don't think it's going to be that much of a an issue going forward. Right. That being said, I also think Force Storm is not as good as There Is No Escape because, um, you know, players can play around it by determining which units they're going to put to the Force mm-hmm. um, and which they aren't. So it's, I think it's a bit, uh, a lot of ado, much ado about nothing, but um, I'm excited to have some board wipers in, in this game because I feel like sometimes the boards can kind of get stalled against each other, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, uh, Nate. Thoughts on uh, thoughts on this card? Yeah, like overall, the card is decent. Its key place is going to be against um, swarm vehicle decks yep. for the most part. Um, most speeder decks, most you know small swarm vehicle decks don't commit a lot of units to the force because they don't have a way to remove extra okay. focus tokens from them each turn. Um, so this is going to be a good card that light side or sorry dark side can use to help stabilize mm-hmm. at a later point in the game. Um, it's not a good early game card, so it's good that it has the two force icons if you need to pitch it. Um, late game, once your opponent's able to build up a board presence, and if you haven't been able to deal with it, it can be a game changer. Mm-hmm. But your opponent's going to see it coming. And so it's kind of like, you know, you're going to have to race against the clock and say, okay, I know I'm playing a swarm deck. I know force storm could potentially be coming. If, as Jonathan said, it's in a good objective set. Um, So it's good, but it's limited in how good. So I like the card. I'll probably mess around with it, try and figure out some way to make it good, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts? Uh, pretty much in line with what we've already said about it. I I think there's going to be one specific time where it's going to be most effective, which is going to be on the opponent's turn, uh, right at the beginning of their combat phase <laughs> or after they after they send units to an objective, because then you're going to be able to to deal damage to everything they've played that turn because they don't have a chance to to commit it to the force. So the only problem with that is that means you've kept four resources open or three, if you have the emperor's web uh, into the opponent's turn. So they, they kind of know, well, there's a good chance he probably has that if he has a bunch of resources open. So yeah, they can try to play around it. You know, another interesting point that you brought up was the emperor's web. I think that we're going to see more and more Sith event cards that are get. get, Let's try and talk that again. They're, they're going to be, um, like a little bit pricey, and I think we're going to see players maybe prioritize Yamper's Web over certain objective sets. Possibly, I mean that's just speculation. Because right now, yeah, like if who, if that happens, that's a good way for uh, FFG to kind of 
artificially balance their game after producing stuff yep. by saying, okay, you know, we want you to use Emperor's Web. It has four health capacity. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we're going to artificially balance this game retroactively. So I, I like that design aspect of where, you know, you say things could be going down the, yeah. down the road. So Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, so the next one is my ally in the Force. It is a Jedi event card, another event card. Cost three, three Force icons, which is another just great edge battle card. And it's reaction. After you win a force struggle, this is not the an edge battle. This is just after you win a force struggle. So it could be turn two or three. After you win a force struggle, destroy all units not committed to the force. That's ridiculous because there are times where your opponent does not commit Vader or Palpatine in fear of being uh, tactics, you know, more than once, or uh, getting three tactics on there if, if Han's on the board or something. Or you know, most most Sith players are not going to commit. Uh, some of their smaller units, you know, they're going to commit the, you know, Vader, Palpatine, or Advisor of the Emperor, and then they're going to leave some of the other ones just kind of out there to either attack or defend. So this is another another board wipe that uh, can can potentially be really really good, but it costs three, and you have to win a force struggle, which right now it's kind of hard to. So uh, Nate, what are your thoughts on this card? Um, kind of the same thoughts as as with the the previous four storm card. Okay. Um, it's good. It has its uses. Again, I think it's more useful against vehicle decks that dark side plays because it goes back to the you know you're generally not committing a lot of your vehicles. Yes. Um, it's a double edged sword because it'll destroy all units not committed to the force. Mm-hmm. So you know you can only commit three units yeah. to the force. So. You know, if if you're getting enough stuff out that you're able to win the force and still keep attacking and do all this other stuff, you know, you risk hurting yourself. It's it's going to be an oddly timed yeah. card. Uh, anyone have any other opinions other than what was said? I think it is the same sort of discussion that you have with Force Storm. Okay, cool. We will move on then. Um, we're going to move on to um, Rana's... Uh, R- Nate, help me out here. Is it... Uh, I can't pronounce. I I can't say this name for some reason. Um, Rains is it Rain? Am I overcomplicating it's it? Ron. Ron. Okay. I uh, think Ron. that's how I'd say. It. Okay, so Ron's guidance. It's a event card. It's zero one force icon, and this is probably one of my favorite cards. We were talking off air about this a little bit, and it's just so good. Action! Search the top five cards of your deck for a Jedi unit. Reveal it. Add it to your hand. Return the other cards. To the top of your deck in any order. So, John, uh, I, it was Jonathan. Were you the one that was uh, raving about this card? Yeah. Okay. Well, then uh, I, I will let you rave about the card more. Yeah, this uh, comes in the Kyle Katarn um, objective set, and I I really think that this is probably the best card from that set. Uh, the fact that I just going through some scenarios in my head so when you would use it. Um, you know, if you use it on your opponent's first turn, uh, you know, the dark side does their turn, you use it during their force phase, you get to look at the top five cards of your deck, get any Jedi unit from there into your hand, but you also get to take whatever the best card um, is in the remaining four cards and put it on top of your deck so that you can then discard and draw it into your hand. So you basically get to cherry pick your first uh, couple cards of your first hand, which can give you some explosive starts. So I'm really looking forward to using Ron's hands. I think it's going to be really, really good. Um, looking at some other 
scenarios where you might use it. You know, if you're going into an edge battle that you have to win, you can use, you know, Ron's Guidance has only one Force icon on it, but if you use it to search your top five cards of your deck, you're most likely going to find some sort of Jedi that is going to have three plus Force icons on it. So while Ron's Guidance in three has one on it, in practice, I think it's going to have a lot more. Mm-hmm. And if you pair it with the other cards that are in the set, you know, Kyle Katarn has three and you have two, co- two copies of that. Ataru Training has two. And then um, whatever the, the other card is, I think it's... Um, Echoes of the Force Echoes has the two. Force. Yeah. So that objective set is going to have, you know, uh, an average Force icon of, you know, two to three, which is just crazy for how much Force you're going to have in an objective set. Mm-hmm. So overall, I think that Ron's Guidance is going to be really useful in a lot of decks, and I'm definitely looking forward. I think it's going to be an auto-include in most Jedi decks uh, going forward. Oh, I would, I would definitely agree, definitely agree. Um, Matthew, any other thoughts on, the, on that card? No, I think John Cameron put it well. It's just going to be all-around good. And it, it's going to, I guess, that, that he didn't mention, is it's, it's just going to uh, increase the chance that you're going to drop your turn one loop and really cause some havoc on their board. Yeah, uh, and if you can get uh, Ron's guidance out and or Ron's uh, guidance to grab you a Luke, and and you already have a Luke, and you can start doing some heroes and legend shenanigans too. I mean, it, it's it's going to be pretty nasty for Jedi. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, Nate, I assume pretty much agree. I concur. Okay, excellent. All right, so uh, the next card that I'm going to briefly go over that I think we can all agree on is uh, Phase One Dark Trooper. Um, the only thing that I can see him being useful is he is considered to be committed to the Force. This unit does not need to be committed to the Force to be considered. So you pay two. He's automatically committed to the Force. You can move on. Uh, he has two blaster icons. He only has one health. There's really not a lot you can do with him. He's just that card that says, hey, here's a free a free um, commit without using your card. So you uh, potentially can have four units committed to the Force at, 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 uh, at any given time. So... Um, now we're just going to kind of move along because there's not really any significance other than that. Um, next one is going to be the objective set, Heroes and Legends. It is a five-for-one Jedi. And action. Focus this objective and reveal a unique character unit from your hand. Uh, from your hand to... Re- <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's try that again. Focus this objective to reveal a unique character unit from your hand to return a target unit you control with the same name to your hand, so kind of switching out a Luke for a Luke. Uh, then put it, then put the revealed unit into play. So I think that, and this also goes in kind of along lines with the way uh, Kyle Katarn's card uh, works, which uh, we'll go over him uh, real quick here too. Kyle Katarn is a four cost unit, three HP, uh, two, or excuse me, three black blaster icons and one edge enabled blast. He has an action after this unit enters play. Place a focus token on or remove one focus token from a target unit that is uh, that is committed to the Force. So, uh, Matthew, I'm going to let you take this one. Well, he's clearly uh, clearly going to be good within his own objectives. Let me restate that. It's, it's clearly a lot of synergy with... Uh, this character and the other cards that we just mentioned, Ron's Guidance and uh, Heroes and Legends. Mm-hmm. So 
you, you've got because you get two of him in the pod, you're going to be able to run four uh, of him and increase your chance of, of getting two for your heroes and legends. Uh, on top of that, he has three force icons, so he's decent for taking the force. And then with heroes and legends, you, you can attack with him, uh, then bounce him back if you have another one and play another one and attack another objective. So you're just going to be able to do a lot of crazy stuff with yeah. this guy. You know, one thing I really like is there's no – while this objective is undamaged, bullcrap. I am so happy for that because, <laughs> like, a lot a lot of the really good objectives for the light side are like, while well, this is unit is undamaged. You're like, well, that's useful for one turn. So it's just – it's I'm really excited that this does not have that stupid gimmicky crap. Um, Nate, thoughts on these two cards? Um, yeah, there's, there's so many ways that Heroes and Legends is going to be just – amazingly abused mm. um since you can basically use it to keep your units from dying during the middle of an engagement so you basically attack with a luke let's say um they defend with a bunch of stuff that has unit damage and you're like oh i switch out my luke before you strike with this other luke that's not in the engagement now and all your units are focused down luke gets to attack yeah um it gives you a way out from under uh, Palpatine focus, it gives you a way to refresh damage, you know, having to have the second copy of the card in your hand and keep it in your hand limits the true abusiveness, so it's not like you can really mess with it, but there's so many just neat things that can be done with this yeah. that the Jedi have been lacking. Oh my gosh, They haven't yeah. had, like, they have their, their tricks and their, their gimmicky stuff and all that, but this is the first thing that I've seen from the Jedi that's like, wow, that actually has a way to highly impact how games are played mm -hmm. and really counter a lot of what Darkseid has been doing currently with, you know, mass tactics, with mass unit damage. Yeah. It's it's a way to mess with that aspect of the game. I definitely agree. Uh, Jonathan, any other thoughts? Yeah, the... Uh... One of my favorite ways to play Jedi is with all the enhancements. I really like the different stances, the different trainings, um, all the enhancements that can go to make you know the greatest Yoda that you can make, and so on and so forth. <laughs> One thing that was always kind of lacking was you know the other Force users beyond Yoda, Obi Wan, and Luke were all kind of you know uninspiring. Yeah. You had Godols who had no Force icons. You have daughters of Aaliyah who, you know, have a white tactic. You have Jedi in hiding who has one health. So there are a lot of them that, you know, a lot of Force users kind of available, but none of them that you really wanted to make awesome. Um, but Kyle Katarn comes with a nice, you know, meaty frame where you can start putting on your Mikashi training to give him uh, uh, targeted strike. You can put you know, Force Precognition to give him Obi-Wan's ability. Yep. Uh, Soresu training to make him a, a tank. You know, all these different things, you finally have a nice kind of base to to build up. Gosh. And one thing that I'm really looking forward to uh, is... I've been, I, I have this love of the um, Moisture Farmer objective set. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just love it. And uh, But it's, it's just terrible. But with... Alcatarn said, I think that there's going to be some really cool interaction. What I, the kind of best turn that I want to do sometime is to have, you know, so let's say two Kyles in your hand plus um, Secret Guardian and Heroes and Legends. So you pay one to with Secret Guardian to play a Kyle Katarn out. 
and then you attack with him, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you use heroes and legends to swap them out. So now the cow that you played with your Sea Guardian is no longer on the board. So you just got a Alcatarn for effectively two that you can play that you can keep on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that interaction is really cool, and I don't know. I think it's going to be going to make the farmer pod. Um, more useful, I think, which is only a good thing in my book. Oh, yeah, I would definitely agree. I mean, someone actually posted um, a review called Embers of Nope, which was kind of funny because, I mean, right now the the objective set is just completely useless. But I, I think that um, I never even thought about giving him targeted strike. That'd be just ridiculous. That's an instant kill for Palpatine right there. I mean, that's right. uh, that's huge. So that's, a, that's an awesome idea. Um, I think that we can agree that the... The objective set for the Jedi, I think, are just going to continue to uh, get bigger and bigger. I mean, the Echoes of the Force is, uh, you know, appropriately named. We're, we're going to see a lot of the stuff that is from, you know, when Kyle Katarn was around. The the formation of the New Jedi Order, the the formation of the, the New Jedi Temple, that kind of stuff. Which is, you know, nerding out is, is kind of kind of happening. But uh, I'm really looking forward to see that because... That era is kind of some of my favorite time in Star Wars just because the books are really cool. All the games that were developed during that time period was just were really awesome. You know, Jedi Knight, Dark Forces, the, those kind of games. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how they adapt that kind of stuff into the card game. Um, All right. Can I yes. just counter rant you sure, right now? Sure, sure. And you can cut this if you want. No, no, no Go ahead. And, and correct me wrong but he his first appearance was in the original dark forces video game right yes yes and he and from what i that's the only one that i played but he was not a jedi right he was just like a mercenary he helped steal the death star plans you basically run and gun Mm -hmm. a bunch of stormtroopers Mm -hmm. what why does he have to become a jedi what like there because everybody becomes a jedi (laughs) exactly exactly that's my i I completely agree with you and everybody you're a Jedi now. Now, now, right. now, now, to be fair, right. he didn't know he was a Jedi until, um, uh, gosh, when was it? I, I, Dark Forces, it wasn't two. Was it two? No. I think so. I don't know. It's, it's no, no, yeah, no, it, yeah, that, that it was ruined... two. Regardless, I'm just saying, yeah, it, I, it just seems unnecessary. Well, now, it's the same thing that ruined Corrin Horn. Corrin Horn is a great character, and then, oh, he's a Jedi, too. It's like, really? Are you going to make Wedge Antilles a Jedi <laughs> yeah, don't give just, like, idea. ruin the best character ever? <laughs> it's like, oh, Han Solo, he's a Jedi? Chewbacca was a Jedi? Exactly. Let me guess, C-3PO? <laughs> Jedi. <laughs> so dumb. The Millennium Falcon? Jedi. Jedi. <laughs> oh, man. Right. Okay, so, anyway, th- that was good. Th- thank you for that, Jonathan. Thank you. <sighs> okay, so um, that was mad. I'm sorry. You guys sound alike. I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys, it's terrible. No problem. You guys sound alike. Stop sounding alike. Okay, so the last, um, the last uh, few cards I just want to kind of go over real quick. Um, we have the, um, yeah, I'm gonna butcher this. The At- Ataru, Ataru, yeah, Ataru. There we go. Ataru training. It's a two cost enhancement, two force icons. You have to advance, uh, enhance a force user. While um, enhanced unit is participating in an engagement, it gains reaction. After you win an edge battle by two or more force icons, destroy a target unit participating um, in the engagement. So, really awesome because you know the objective set has a lot of force icons. You're able to uh, able to win that edge battle. Um, I think that 
it'll only work about half the time, maybe about 40% because it is kind of hard to, to win by that much. But I think that we're going to see some kind of role reversal with the Sith being that um, faction that's a little bit harder pressed to win that edge battle now. I, th- I think we're going to see some some really cool Jedi shenanigans. We're going to really see some some really cool kind of control D decks kind of come out from the Jedi, which I'm very, very excited about. Um, the next one we're going to go over is Echoes of, the Fo- uh, Echoes of the Force, which is just another fabulous card. It's a uh, new fate card. You always love new fate cards. It has a picture of Yoda sleeping or dying, whatever you want to whatever you want to kind of perceive there. Um, it has two icons, which is always good for a light side to have. Uh, you may commit a target unit or remove a target unit from the force. This has some interesting applications in it because you can, say, commit Luke, attack with him, play Echoes of the Force, and decommit him before he has any chance to focus the strike, and you don't have to put two focus icons on him. Or same with Han, same with... Um, it, it just says unit, so you could commit a random vehicle unit and it would still work because it, it just says unit. So I think that's going to have some really cool kind of implementation for play. Uh, the next fake card we're going to go over is Seeds of Decay. Um, two force icons and you may place one focus token on a target ready unit um, that is committed to the force. So they can't be exhausted. They have to be ready. So you can't like double focus Palpatine or something. But if Palpatine's committed and he doesn't defend or he doesn't attack and you're defending, you can put a focus token on him, which is really, really useful. And then Yeah, it actually works really well in combination yeah. with Echoes of the Force. Mm-hmm. Um They're kinda neat. Like that. Um now uh, I'm curious, is it is Seeds of Decay in Battle of um is Seeds of Decay in a I don't know. They might be they might be opposite faction yeah, cards. Yeah, but yeah. Cause it doesn't not, say they have a neat way to work together. If they if they are opposite factions, mm. they still kind of have a neat way to work together yeah. because you're like, oh, I'm gonna sneak one of my units to be committed, and oh, you just focus. Yeah. It. So they have a cool interaction with each other. Whether or not you can purposely do it, yeah. Um, as a single player, may or may not be possible. But no, I would definitely agree. Then the next card uh, we're gonna go over is Green Squadron Deployment. This is a Rebel. Objective set, uh, five for one standard, but um, it has a ability, uh, no gimmicky word text, just an ability. Double the force icons on all friendly vehicle units that are committed to the force, which kind of allows rebels to kind of have that control over the force a little bit better. Um, uh, you can say home one is committed to the force. Well, that's six icons, so good luck with that. Um, home one, of course, is elite, which is really, really useful. Um, I mean, we can even commit the uh, other units with, like, two Force Icons and double it to four, which also just kind of really gives a, a really kind of neat kind of um, control aspect to the vehicles. And if you have two of these out here, man, that's – man, two of the two on the field, that's that's a lot of Force Icons for one unit. So um, thoughts on all these cards all together. Um, let's start with Matthew. All right. Well, on the two Fate cards, I think – they're just going to be so versatile that that they're just great. So Echoes of the Force, you know, like like you already you already mentioned a couple of uses uh, with your own units, but something you can do to the opponent's unit is you know they block and then all of a sudden you commit them to the Force and now when they strike they've got to put two focus on so mm-hmm. they're down for the next turn. So that's going to be cool. And then Seeds of Decay, 
Um, obvious, the, the obvious use is drop a focus on one of their uh, characters um, that, that's committed to the force so that they can't strike. But another thing that I think is going to be interesting is let's say you have a character with a decent amount of health, uh, like Luke, even though he's not someone you typically want to commit to the force or some other character with, with three, four health, uh, and you, you commit him to the force in your turn to take it, and then you go to block with him, uh, but you don't want to strike with him because you don't want to put too uh, focus on him, but you want him to be at the objective so that he doesn't get the unopposed. You can play Seeds of Decay, focus your own character. Uh, that way he doesn't strike, doesn't have to uh, put two on him, and, mm-hmm. and he'll be ready to go on offense for you that next turn, but you also still get a block, prevent the damage. Yeah, definitely. So it's just going to be a lot of different uses. They're going to be very versatile. Okay. Um, any thoughts on the other two cards or just kind of pretty standard? Uh, depends what what's around, what the support is. You uh, know, yeah, what's what's coming with them. No, no, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, Nate, go ahead. Yeah, pretty much the same same thoughts okay. that Matt had. Um, green squadron deployment. It's all going to depend on how many um, elite units that rebels eventually get yeah. that are vehicles. Right now, you pretty much just have home one. Um, technically, it'll work with non rebel units too, but. Are you gonna really run redemption and just let it sit there to double its force <laughs> icons yes. type stuff? Um, it, it it comes down to how many good rebel vehicles there are with elite, so that when you commit them, they gain more. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, pretty much the same stuff that's been said already. Cool. Okay, uh, Jonathan, anything uh, you want to add? I just want to see what happens when you have two green squadron deployments up at the same time. <laughs> so you have you know a two force icon guy, you double them to four, and then you double them again to eight. That's gonna be amazing. Yeah, yeah. You just kind of, kind of look at your dark setup point and go, "What now?" <laughs> They're like, "Uh, good question. That that's a real good question." Yeah. I think the most most force icons I had was when I was running my Frozen Jedi deck, and I had two self preservations out, and I had uh, Yoda committed, and um, I think two other like really high cost units. I had like eleven or twelve icons, and there was no way for my opponent to ever take the force back. So I have a feeling too that that the way it's going to be ruled by FFG is that since the card says the that you double the force icons on the friendly units, that it's not going to actually be eight that it counts. I think just, it only is yeah, going to be six. Yeah, it just doubles it to what's on it. Yeah. So it's like each each count or twice. or they could pull fantasy flight and just completely rule the complete like weird opposite way like they sometimes do so you get infinite foresight yeah you just get like just you know no, you know what no no you know, here's what they're gonna say they're gonna say double it once and then you double that number so so six becomes whatever doubles six, six becomes 12 instead of just doubling it like you normally would so say you, you commit home one and it's yeah, i don't know some weird math happens just, just, just stop Patrick. okay i'll stop <laughs> All right, so uh, that's going to be the show, guys. Uh, I appreciate you guys uh, sticking around and listening. Sorry for some of the audio issues. Um, Skype is Skype, and hey, it let us record at least. That's that's good. I th- how many times did we do the intro? Like four or five be- before Call Graph was like, okay, I'll work. Sure, why not? Um, I don't know, but everybody will remember that I went golfing today. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Matthew, Jonathan, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, go ahead and take this time to plug your own show and anything else you guys want to give a shout-out to. Sure, yeah, and thanks for thanks for having us. Let us know anytime. 
uh, good to talk about the game. But um, we do a weekly podcast uh, called Antidote for the Commonplace, and it's at antidoteforthecommonplace.com, uh, or you can just email us at antidotepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, it's just a weekly discussion of uh, sci-fi, horror, and fantasy topics, films, games, books, just whatever we feel like talking about that week. So check it out if, if you're interested in that stuff. Awesome. Cool. Uh, Jonathan, any, any shout-outs? Nope. Matt covered it. All right, cool. Uh, Nate, shout-outs? Uh, I don't really have any this week. I guess I'm going to give a shout-out to, to Zachy Midnight. Um, he and I had a great time playing in our finals match for the octagon tournament um but i give a shout out to to tiny grimes and tgo for doing the commentary um there's been some comments on the forums that they were too harsh about the stuff that zacky and i were, were doing um i don't agree with that i think that uh zacky and i caused a little bit of those issues by not clearly uh marking what we were doing but you know overall we had a really good time. Everybody had a blast, and I'm really glad that the tournament's over. It lasted forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I kind of have that feeling too. It's just like, okay, finally, I don't have to like go. Okay, who's my opponent? I have to try and contact him. He's not contacting me. Drama, drama, drama. Yeah. So, but you know, honestly, it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I don't know. The Octagon is a fun program, but I just, I personally cannot stand playing digital card games. Just, it annoys me for some reason. Even though I like playing Hearthstone, which doesn't make any sense, but that's another another point for another time. Um, a shout out to my wife once again, who lets me do this every every other Sunday. Really appreciate you, sweetie. And uh, shout out to my son, Nicholas, who's ever growing cuter and keeping me up and never letting me sleep. Uh, can't wait to teach him Pokemon and Star Wars and all that fun stuff. I'm looking forward to that. And let's see, shout out to Fantasy Flight for making the new Force Cycle just so awesome and just really kind of relighting my fire for the love of the game because honestly I was kind of getting burned out. Uh, the, the Haas stuff was just really boring to me and I just just not having a good time and they were like, hey, here's Kyle Katarn. And I was like, yes, you guys are awesome. So excited. So very, very excited for, for the new Force Cycle. And uh, looking forward to Worlds, Jonathan, Matt, and Nate. I know you guys are all going. Best of luck to you guys. I hope uh, one of you guys, or all of you guys, just place top three. How about that? Uh, how about we just kind of commit to all of you guys getting top three and one of you guys getting first and second? Does that sound good? Sure. sure. All right, cool. Excellent. So um, just just, just win, and that way you guys can say you're the best. And everyone else is stupid. I'm the best. Okay, well, Matt can no. already say that, though, <laughs> so he doesn't need to win Worlds. That's true. He he did he did win Nationals, so... He can just default to you and I. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's hard to win multiple titles in one year. You know what? Just saying. You can do it. I, I have faith in you. Don't worry. The Force is with you, my friend. Or young Padawan, as they say. Anyway, um, all right, guys. Uh, thank you for so much for listening. And um, all of the decks and stuff that we talked about will be in the uh, discussion thread that we have on Card Game db.com and that's it that's all may the force be with you god bless take care have a one wonderful pleasant evening morning or afternoon